Welcome to Buy My Telingual today. My name is Elizabeth Aitai and I'm your host. My guest today was born in Nigeria and is based in Canada. As an artist, his practice engages with beauty as a necessity for survival and a precursor to thriving. Through a rigorously playful inquiry into materials and image-making processes, his works depict garden spaces as complicated sanctuaries within which manifestations of beauty and care are present. He is an assistant professor of studio art at the University of Toronto Scarborough. Let's get started. Please introduce yourself and briefly tell us about where you live and what languages you speak. So my name is Emmanuel Asahor. Um, country of origin is Nigeria and West Africa. Now I live in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And the languages I speak, I primarily just speak English, um, but kind of English that's quite different from Canadian English because it's like Nigerian English and it has like British influences, but also influences of other traditional languages. Do you speak any traditional language? I don't speak any um, traditional Nigerian languages. I know a little bit, like enough to like understand what people are saying and I know some words, but I can't really hold a conversation in um, any of the Nigerian languages. So there's, yeah. You say Nigerian languages in mm-hmm. plural? Yeah, yeah. There, so there are about 200 different, like there are three main languages in Nigeria but about 200 different dialects of the three main languages. Um, so the main languages are Yoruba, Igbo, and Hausa. Um, and so I grew up in a, in a city that was primarily Yoruba. So I know mostly Yoruba. I know a little bit of Yoruba. But my parents are from uh, cities that speak Igbo. But their Igbos are different from each other. They're different types of Igbo. Um, so that was part. that's partly why I only really speak English, because when my parents met they just spoke english to each other and when they had kids they just spoke english to us because they speak different languages even though their their towns are like an hour away from each other mm-hmm. yeah why do they speak english in nigeria because there's so many different languages um basically the national language is english i think also just because of british colonization um so that's the national language across the country so everybody like if you're educated and kind of trying to get into the workforce you have to know how to speak english yeah like most people are educated in english yeah at what age do you children or young adults introduce to english um most people i think it's probably around three or four like once you start going to school like kindergarten um i know like my parents didn't uh speak our traditional languages to us at home but like my cousins and i know other people um it's predominantly you speak your traditional language at home yeah, so I think there's some some sort of class thing to it. Like, I think if you are more middle class and you wanted to give your kids a good education, I know that people only speak English to their kids because then you have less of an accent and then you're more able to move throughout boundaries because you don't have an accent. And mm-hmm. so I know some people make a conscious decision to only speak English to their children um, so that they then don't have an accent. Yeah. What's your first language then? I would say my first language is English. Yeah. Yeah. And your parents? Um I would say there's theirs would be Igbo. Yeah, which is a traditional Nigerian language. Yeah. Whereas mine would be English because that's that's all I've ever really spoken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Nigerian English or English. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just a it's it's Nigerian English and it's it's a different pronunciation. Like 
yeah, like I feel like living in Canada, I don't really speak with my Nigerian accent because people won't understand me even if I'm speaking with English. Even if I'm speaking English, they just think it's a different language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I speak of one language, but mm-hmm. because Nigerian English is different. It, yeah. Yeah. What language would you use to communicate emotional states? Or yeah, yeah. I think when I'm more comfortable with people, so like my family, for instance, and if I know someone is Nigerian, my accent shifts like immediately. Like it's kind of a subconscious thing, and I speak in my Nigerian accent. But as soon as someone is white, my accent shifts to my Canadian accent. Um, Why? Yeah, I think so. When I moved to Canada, I was really anxious about people making fun of my accent or people not understanding me. And in my first year of university, that did happen where, you know, people would, they would understand what I'm trying to say, but then they would repeat it back to me in the proper way to pronounce it. And that was just embarrassing. So I, yeah, changed my accent just so I would fit in. Um, and most of the people who did that were white. So I think there's something where I just kind of made a rule in my brain that like, as soon as someone looks visibly white, I'm, I can't speak to them in my normal, normal accent. But over the years, that's sort of shifted. Like I'm married to a woman who's visibly white. And I feel like when we talk, my, my real accent does come out more and more. Um, I think if I'm having fun, like if I'm not, really thinking I'm trying to curate myself, then my Nigerian accent comes out more and more. And so then I sort of end up having this hybrid Canadian, 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 Nigerian, Canadian, Canadian, like I'm talking and people are like, what did you just say? Because it just slips out if I'm relaxed and not trying to curate myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. 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 Um, as we got to the feeling of home, feeling home with mm-hmm. the language, mm-hmm. which of the two languages do you think is where you're most comfortable. Oh, totally Nigerian. Yeah, like I feel most comfortable or mo- like I feel like I can be 100% myself when I'm or when I hear someone speaking in a, in a Nigerian accent or when I'm able to speak in a Nigerian accent. Like I I just feel, yeah, I feel more, it's my resting place. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's always a treat to like in circumstances that I don't expect it. Like if I'm in a new place or with new people and some one of them is Nigerian um, or even on the bus like if I sit beside someone turns out they're Nigerian it's like fun because then I like we just talk and like we speak in our accents and like in Nigeria you also have something called pidgin English which is like broken broken English um, and most Nigerians know how to speak that and so that's just like no one else ever speaks that mm-hmm. um, so when you connect with a Nigerian you're able to speak pidgin English it's just like so fun how yeah. is pidgin English? What's the characteristic of pidgin English? It's like English slangs or like English words that are that are made short or words that mean. So like, if you want to say "how are you" in pidgin, you say "how far," right? Like it's it's English words, but it's "how far," which doesn't necessarily mean "how are you" or "how you day," mm-hmm. which I think comes from like "how how's your day," but in Nigeria in pidgin we'll just say "how you day." So it's it's English, but the words are sort of rearranged and start to mean different things. Like, yeah. Do you happen to know the reason for it or the, the development? How? Yeah, I think it came because it, it happened because when Nigeria was colonized, there were a lot of people who were struggling to learn English. And, you know, when, when the people with the power in a country or in a region 
are only speaking one language and you want to sort of carve out a space for yourself, for yourself, you try really hard to speak their language and no one was really teaching you how to speak English. So people would think they were speaking English, but they, they weren't like, they were just pulling words together. And then sometimes they would, you know, subsidize the English with their own, like with some of our native languages and stuff. And so you just end up having this weird mishmash of English. And so it's kind of like the language of the streets, like people who aren't really educated um, will almost only ever speak pidgin English. Um, but I just think it's funner. Yeah. Pigeon English. Pigeon English. Yeah. yeah it's more fun. Yeah. It's more fun. Mm-hmm. And it's nice because if you're really in a setting where there's like two Nigerians and then there's a couple of other people who aren't Nigerian and you want to make sure they don't understand what you're saying, you can speak Pigeon and they most likely won't. Wow. Yeah. So, um, are there any other specific situations where you would prefer one language versus the other? Yeah. I think, um, the thing I've noticed lately is that I find, yeah, I switch, I go between my different accents um, in different scenarios. So like when I'm relaxed, I speak, I can speak with my Nigerian accent. But something I found interesting is when I'm trying to be serious, I'm trying to make sure someone understands what I'm saying and trying to be clear. I switch into my Canadian accent, even in Nigeria, like even with my parents, like if my parents and I are talking and maybe like I feel like they're misunderstanding me or something and I need to be very clear. I like become Canadian, which then is funny because my parents just laugh at me because they're like, what just happened? (laughs) Why did your voice change? Um, I wish as I live in Canada, like I I wish I could like give an artist talk in my Nigerian accent and like, you know, be a professional with my Nigerian accent. But somewhere there's a block in my mind where I'm like, no, 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 no. If you're being professional, this is the way you, you speak. I don't know. I think maybe it's because I feel like then I'll be understood and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how to ask this question. Yeah, go for it. Mentor. Yeah, but is is it a level of the colonial authority? I think so. Yeah, like I think even in Nigeria, right? Like people, kind of the wealthier people, would have the more British pronunciation, like, and that was sort of like it's kind of a status symbol because that shows that you're educated and you probably went to a private school that, like, maybe there were British people in that you know taught you how to speak. Um, I think for me personally, it's more of a, I think it's less of a colonial like legacy and more of a adoption of Westernization, you know, like being a Nigerian moving to Canada. Um, there's a part of me that because I had experiences where people didn't understand me, I somehow lied to myself that if you want to be understood and taken seriously, you don't speak with your Nigerian accent. Like you speak with your Canadian accent, then people take you seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like, then it sounds like I'm as educated as everybody else. And I feel like it puts me on an even playing field. And when I speak with my accent, you know, initially it's like, oh, where are you from? Or your English is so good. And I'm like, I've been speaking English all my life. What do you, your English is good, <laughs> you know, like, so that's the thing. But if I speak with my Canadian accent, then I don't, I don't get that. People just, you know, treat me on an intellectual level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than, you know, then I'm less identifiable as an immigrant, which is the other thing. Like I, I think I get scared of being easily identified as an immigrant, even though I'm black, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I get scared of being easily identified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which accent do you dream in? I don't dream. I know <laughs> this, the worst, the, the worst answer, but I don't, I don't, well, I do dream and I don't really know what, ac- like what, what accent I use because I don't really remember my dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone once asked me, cause like I have a faith background and someone once asked me like, Oh, if you're like praying, like in your mind, what accent do you pray 
with. And I feel like when I think God is happy with me, then I, I pray in my Nigerian accent. <laughs> but when I'm trying to ask for something, I'm like, I come with my Canadian accent because <laughs> I'm trying to be serious. <laughs> but when I'm happy, when I'm like, oh, God, we're we're cool, then I speak with my Nigerian accent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see, it's coming out a little bit. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there a difference in the rhythm between both accents and how so... Yeah, like I think the rhythms of the kind of my what I what I call my Canadian accent and my Nigerian accents are they're different. Like Nigerian to me is more direct and rounder, whereas I think the Canadian accent kind of cuts things out or is a little bit more like singy songy, maybe. Um, so like I don't know, like a word like television, which be I think that's the way Canadians would say it, television. Um, in Nigeria, we say television. Right. So it's like it's kind of more like rounder in a way or or how are you? Um, it would be a Canadian way of saying, but in Nigeria, say, how are you? That's interesting. Cause yeah. It's, um, it's actually listening to the language. Yeah. To the word. Yeah. We're actually saying the words, whereas I think the Canadian accent kind of brings things together. It's like, how are you? Whereas in a, how are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It accentuates the importance. Mm-hmm. Television. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, when I first came to Canada and people were like, wow, your English is so good. And I'm like, I actually speak better English than you because we like pronounce things, I think, the English way. So like uh, in Canada, it'd be like pronunciation. But in Nigeria, you say pronunciation. That's the way to pronounce the word, I think. Um, but anyway, yeah. Interesting, yeah. So um, what's this rhythmical difference? Do you experience any change within your physical presence? Hmm. Not, yeah, I don't know if I, I would say I experience a physical change in the, in the rhythmical difference. I think it's more, I associate my accent shifts with kind of like my emotional states. So therefore, I think there is a physical change because like if I'm more relaxed um, or if I've, if I've known you for a few years and I feel very safe with you, then I speak in my Nigerian accent, but generally I'm just more relaxed. Um, so I guess... Maybe there should, there will probably be a physical, like my body just will be relaxed. Yeah. But I don't know if I would associate the relaxation to be with the rhythm. If I feel safe, then I'm relaxed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, when it comes to language and memory, mm-hmm. which accent you, are you in? It depends on the memory. Um, I feel, yeah, I feel like I'm in an interesting place now because a lot of my memories are now... I used to have more memories of being in Nigeria and being a Nigerian before, whereas now I feel like I'm starting to have equal amount of memories of being in Canada and um, versus being in Nigeria. So, yeah, I actually feel like I'm in kind of a weird place where I'm. there is a sort of like my Nigerian accent used to be my accent, like, you know, my core as a person. Where after being here for eight years and building friendships and, you know, having a community, now I feel like my Canadian accent and my Canadian personality is now also a part of who I am. And so I'm kind of like in between these two people. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so in Nigeria, people tease me about my Canadian accent, which I'm, I now don't like because I'm like, no, that's, that's just me. That's the way I speak now because I've been here for eight years and I studied here and it has changed me. Um, um, just the process, like, you know, I, I spend more of my time speaking like this than I spend speaking my Nigerian accent. 
So obviously, after eight years, this almost becomes my default in a way. Um, but it isn't. I feel kind of like I'm in between. And I feel like I'm always going to be in between those two spaces. I used to feel like I was one one person, like this was this was me. But now I actually feel like I am two, um, which I feel like I'm just starting to come to terms with, like being two people. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know that sometimes I, I wish I was just one entity. Yeah. You know, yeah. One language, one home, mm-hmm. one village or whatever. You yeah. Know, my parents living around the corner. Mm-hmm. And I, I think once when I started shifting and realizing like the Canadian side of who I am, I think for a long time there's been this like, well, I have to choose. I either have to be a Nigerian or I have to be, you know, have to be Canadian. But like now I actually feel like, no, like I'm, I can't choose. This is who I am. Like there, yeah, I have two homes. I have two ways of speaking. I have two ways of being. And both of them feel safe for different reasons. And both of them are useful for different things. How do you define cultural belonging? Hmm. Because mm. it's interesting with you because mm. uh, you come from the same language family, but it's mm-hmm. only separated by accent. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm curious where the emphasis is, whether it's on the linguistic, mm. in the linguistic sector, or whether, you know, there are other aspects yeah. that you think um, define the two. Oh, or maybe it's one culture. I, 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 I would say I would define cultural belonging as feeling like you understand the reasons for what I would call societal behavior. Yeah, it's, I would say it's less uh, a language thing for me or more of a, when you start to understand the pop culture references or the jokes people are making or the types of humor. Um, Isn't that language? Is it? Hmm. I guess it is, it is language because it's just, you don't understand what things mean, even though it's the same, you know, formal language. It's still English, but you don't understand um, what things mean in in a particular context. Um, you know, what does it mean to understand what the dating process is like in in Canada, right? Like that's that's something that like you come from Nigeria. It's a completely different way of flirting. You know, how do you start to understand the nuances of what is okay um, with flirting in in a different country? How do you understand? how to use the library, how do you understand how to use transit, right? Like, how do you understand the transit system? I feel like those things, for me personally, like once I started to understand how to live in Edmonton, after a while, then I started feeling like I belonged because then there were less things that made me feel othered. You know, like if people were having a conversation and I could understand what they were saying or what they were talking about, then I didn't feel othered. But when I first moved to Canada, people would talk about movies they'd seen or things that happened. And you'd mention people from Canadian history. I had no clue who they were um, or even provinces or parts of Canada that I just did not know existed. And then I felt othered. Right. Like then I was like, oh, I don't I don't belong here because I don't I don't know what you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's um, and it's interesting because I feel like uh, the reverse is happening for my Nigerian side, where because I spent most of my adult life in Canada, um, when I go to Nigeria, I only really remember how to be a teenager there. And I don't really know how to be an adult in Nigeria. And so in some ways, I feel like I don't belong there. And I understand the language and stuff, but I don't really understand how people look for a job. Like, I don't understand how people get exhibitions in Nigeria. I don't understand the transit system. So it's networking yeah. in the system. Yeah, like understanding how the place functions, I think, yeah. Um, are you a migrant? Yeah, yeah, I would say I'm a migrant, yeah. 
how does it make you feel um personally i like it because i think it's giving me a view of the world that i look around me and i see people don't have that like i look at the way things are going and like people have this i think a false sense of identity where you think you know how things work but you've never really had to question it and so you're in a bubble um whereas i feel like as as a migrant like i moved from a place where i thought i knew how the world worked and i was in a place where i had no clue and i needed to like rely on community i had to like rely on the kindness of strangers i had to really abandon everything i thought i knew and like relearn and so I feel like that relearning process has helped me to like, I have an outlook where I'm able to question things. And also like, if I feel that I know something, I can hold that open-handedly and be like, I might be wrong. What do you think? Whereas I think, I even see it in my parents, like, because they've lived in Nigeria all their life. I sort of, I'm like, you know, well, maybe this is also another way of life that could also be equally valuable. And they're like, no, that's not possible. Like they have no frame of reference. Um... Yeah, it's just their world is one way. Their worldview is one way. And they've never really had a reason to question it and challenge it. And I, I think a lot of people are like that. And I think being a migrant has, like, it's forced me to realize that, no, the world is very complex. Yeah. And, like, have to wrestle with that in a personal way. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really have to question you here, but I'd like to ask you, do you think that um, you would have experienced the same mm. by traveling only? No. I think there's a difference when you're sort of like a tourist And you are taking in the things that are exciting to you because when you're traveling, like that's what you're doing. You like, you're only going to spend your time on the things that are, that feel good and they're exciting and feel like a good use of your time. But when you live in a place and like have to build relationships and like dig roots, you're not going to be able to just do what's fun. Um, and I think those are the things that actually bring a lot of growth you can't just do what's familiar anymore if you're traveling in a place you can just take a taxi everywhere you want to go right and then you don't have to deal with trying to understand how the transit system works or having to talk to people about hey can you give me directions you don't really have to go to the marketplace you can eat out but if you're living in a place for an extended period of time you're forced to confront things that push you out of your comfort zone i think that's the thing you need to be put i think for me it's because i was pushed out of my comfort zone that I was able to learn. If I was just in my comfort zone, I would just do what was familiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. True. Mm-hmm. Last question. Mm-hmm. What do yeah. you think of the idea of a universal language? I feel conflicted about a universal language because on the one hand, I think it could be good because then we would understand each other. And I think a lot of our conflicts stem from misunderstanding. And if we could just understand each other, that would be great. But the other thing is like, I think our diversity is what makes us really beautiful. When I meet someone who speaks Spanish, I might not know them as an individual. I don't know their life story, but I personally love the language. And so all of a sudden I'm like, hey, like, please speak Spanish. I want to hear it. And like, there is this, I think, joy that comes from Like you look at nature, right? Like what if all the plants look the same? That'd be boring. Um, and so I would not want a universal language because of that, because I actually wish I could speak my native languages. Like I've yelled at my parents multiple times and I'm like, why did you, why did you do this to me? Because it's beautiful. You know, like if I'm in Nigeria and I go to the marketplace and there's a woman who is struggling to speak English, but I could speak her language to her and connect with her on a personal level. I would love to do that, you know, because that, that honors who she is as a person and we can connect in a special way. Whereas if we all just spoke the same language, then I don't know if there'd be any sort of those deeper connections. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Thank you for joining us today again. 
You can find out more about Emmanuel's work by visiting his website at eosahorart.com. As always, I really appreciate your support. If you want to support me through ways of collecting my work, please reach out to me. Until next time, be well.